Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, says he will not run for the Senate in the Granite State in 2022. It was a bit of a blow to Republicans who hope to recapture the upper chamber in the Senate. Uh, but a series of tweets got us thinking, why Why is anybody running for that these days? Uh, there's some real challenges, of course, in the United States Senate. It is not uh, what it once was. And uh, with current leadership, both of the Democrats and the Republicans uh, in the upper chamber, uh, one wonders uh, if it will ever really return uh, to the great deliberative body uh, it has been in our nation's past. And so, again, you know, Chris Sununu. Uh, many thought uh, he would definitely run for the Senate, that he would uh, be, have a great chance. That would be a flip of a seat uh, in the United States Senate, uh, which, of course, the Republicans would love because that would help them regain the majority in the Senate uh, in what will be a fascinating midterm election. And uh, But the governor said no. Chris Sununu said, nope, not interested, not going to go there. And we watched a, a series of tweets come out uh, after that uh, yesterday. Uh, Dave Weigel from the Washington Post said on Twitter, said, I can't really blame Chris Sununu for wanting uh, to be the God King of a fun state, meaning the state of New Hampshire, uh, and instead uh, be vote uh, number 51 for some circuit court nominee. And often that is what uh, many members of the Senate have been relegated to. They mostly do nomination votes. And uh, Rachel Boulevard, uh, longtime D.C. staffer, a uh, great uh, thinker and writer. Uh, she contributed to The Hill and The the Federalist. Uh, she agreed uh, in a series of tweets uh, where she really wondered why anybody would run for the Senate. Uh, she said, the Senate votes on nothing, largely does nothing, regardless of who's in charge. And then she said something really instructive. She said, it's a real shame, too, because senators are incredibly powerful in their own right. But in the GOP, they've just been bullied into rubber stamping nominations for a living. And obviously, that's uh, that's not a real exciting life. <laughs> it's uh, running back and forth, being away from family, doing all of those things uh, just to be, you know, a, a vote on a, some obscure nominee for a circuit court judge uh, somewhere in the country. And and so it leads us to an interesting discussion around the state of the United States Senate and what is happening? Uh, it seems that, uh, of course, the the two leaders, the minority leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, Chuck Schumer, 
really have a stranglehold on everything. They have some fake fights uh, along the way, but ultimately they they do the deal behind closed doors. It's usually baked and cooked before it's presented to members of either the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. And uh, things are kind of locked up and locked in. And so there's no real debate. There's no real amendment process. Uh, and so I know it's a frustrating place for a lot of senators uh, from across the political spectrum. Uh, we've obviously seen in recent months, uh, of course, Senator Joe Manchin has uh, been in the middle of a lot of conversations uh, as a more centrist uh, Democrat and a critical vote uh, on many of these issues relating to infrastructure and social spending packages. And the reality is, is, is we should have every senator should be that uh, every senator should realize the power that they have. And sometimes we criticize that. We say, oh, you know, that's uh, that's obstruction. You know, one side or the other or this senator or that senator uh, is just being an obstructionist. We should get rid of the filibuster. That's the other thing we always hear. And uh, be careful what you wish for. I think it was Angus King, uh, who is from Maine, senator from Maine. And uh, he was talking about that as a as an independent who caucuses with the Democrats said, wait a minute, folks, uh, be careful what you wish for in that. And he, he made this line that just keeps coming back to me. He said, just remember that today's obstruction may be tomorrow's shield. And, and so the Senate is supposed to be slow. It is supposed to be hard. It is supposed to be tough sledding and, and hard slogging to get something done. Uh, that is a, a feature, not a flaw in the way the Senate is set up. But the important thing is that we have senators who are are willing to stand up and do that, uh, who are willing to take the unpopular moment. Again, some will shout obstructionist, uh, and at some point, they may well be the shield. And we should also remember that uh, when we have senators who do that, again, across the political spectrum, when we have those that are willing to do that, uh, regardless of the political consequences, regardless of the criticism, uh, we're actually better off and we get to a better place because it forces a better conversation. And I know we're we're into the political parlor game uh, season as far as who's running for what office as we roll into the midterms in 2022. I think we can all agree that there is a leadership void in Washington. There's a, a lack of vision. Uh, there's a lack of principled debate there's a lack of integrity and uh, moral conviction uh, that has ex- exposed the, the political left and the political right as being more concerned with the preservation of their own power or money or influence than on preserving the nation and the prosperity of the American people. And I think it's important for us to, to reflect on that as we, as we look at who are we going to elect, who are we going to send uh, to, to Washington I will remind everyone, especially as we've been going through these uh, debates and battles over uh, districting and redistricting uh, here in the state of Utah, I would just remind everyone that those school board and legislative uh, districts, those are, the, those are by far the most important to your day-to-day living and what is going to impact you and your family and your community. And on those maps, there was great common ground. There, you know, there's still some quibbling in terms of how one street was drawn or another. Uh, But for the most part, I think Republicans and Democrats alike felt like on those maps, uh, they had a good working relationship. People were listened to and heard and uh, things were considered and and good maps were drawn. 
uh, and those are critical. Part of our problem is we keep looking to Washington to solve big problems, and that's why we have this obsession with what's going on in Congress, uh, even though Congress is doing little uh, to actually advance the ball and do things that are actually going to help the American people. And we, we've seen that over and over and over as we've gone through uh, this past year in particular. And so as we look at those, uh, look at that kind of leadership and look at why why would anybody want to run for Congress, <laughs> whether that's the Senate or the House, uh, and, and that worries me. It worries me that if we get so concentrated in the power structure of Washington, in the House and the Senate, that members are really just kind of rubber stamp for their political party. Uh, that's a bad day for the republic, folks. Uh, that's a really bad day for the republic. And remember, when the sea is calm and the sun is out and the breeze is light, all ships have a great captain. Uh, but when the sea is rough and the storm's raging and it's a dark, long night, uh, that's when you find out who's willing to stand on principle who's willing to do the right thing regardless of the consequence. Uh, and that's the real test. Again, doing doing things when it's easy is easy. Uh, but we need leaders who are willing to do things that are hard. And to me, that's the ultimate test for anyone running for any political office is will they do the right thing when it's inconvenient or when it's really, really hard? And those are the kinds of leaders we have to find. Those are the kinds of leaders we need. And sadly, a lot of them are choosing to not engage in the process because the process is broken. And when you have Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy, when you have Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell working the deals and really making the other 433 members of Congress and the other 98 senators irrelevant, that becomes an irrelevant job, and that has got to change. We'll step aside for bottom-of-the-hour news. Much more to come on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.